Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, Griffiths? This is Stephen, your host with Phantology Books. I have my lifelong friends, Ben and Josh here, and we're talking about bookshops and bone dust, the prequel to Legends and Lattes, both by Travis Baldry. And uh, what, what did you guys think of the book? We'll start with some kind of like non-spoiler stuff, but we'll get into spoilers pretty quick. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So I'm going to preface this and say I might be like the only person out there that has, that listened slash read this before legends and lattes so no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I bet there's others but i really mean, it's definitely okay. like it's probably not the usual reading order just because of the release time but and honestly you didn't miss much other than yeah, the very like been. end credits scene you, there's yeah, really hardly no. any connections other than the character yeah i i want to like have a conversation about that like near the like spoiler parts of it or whatever i know i didn't but like i think it's still because i'm halfway through legends and lattes right now and so i think that there's some things that okay i don't know would have been like anyway i want to like wait till spoilers to talk about that if we're okay no i mean i there we definitely want to have a conversation like kind of comparing both of them because there were some things that i thought were kind of strange between the two and since you're reading it a lot you know you're reading right now which is sooner than when i read it like last year that'll be interesting to hear what you think yeah um but overall i liked it i mean i knew that this was kind of like the cozy fantasy trend that kind of became popular last year and i definitely felt that in this book i i did think it was interesting that a lot of what i understood was that there wasn't like any violence but like the the book opened with a pretty jarring it wasn't like super violent compared especially compared to some of the things i've read but like it was decently violent. So um, I thought that was just kind of, I was like, I, I literally checked the title. I'm like, am I looking, like listening to the right book right now? So expectations were a little strange at first. Expect- yeah, like I guess that, I guess they're, he's really trying to differentiate the first book and the prequel here. I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, expectations after that were just, were exactly what I, what I expected. This is my first kind of cozy fantasy book uh, that I've read. And so, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, um, I also liked it. I don't, I don't know if it had quite the same magic charm that I feel like Legends and Lattes kind of had, and that might just be because you know read Legends and Latte Lattes first. But I, I feel like the char- the the plot it was snappy. It kept moving. The characters are always enjoyable. No real, no big negative. I mean, we'll get into kind of nitpicky things, but mm-hmm. I feel like it it, pro- it produces exactly what it promised. Um, I don't think that's going to be like favorite books of the year type material but 
I enjoyed it. It's always a good read. And it's and it's a pretty easy one to recommend too if you're if somebody's like looking, oh hey, what's well, like a you know, good quick read I could pick up. I could see myself recommending yeah. this and Legends and Lattes. It's a little bit almost easier to recommend like Legends and Lattes too, now that there's a little bit more built up because it's like there's two things that they can go read too if they want, if they enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I too enjoyed it. I liked Legends and Lattes more. And there and there were some things that I thought were maybe a little strange that were built out more in this book than they were in Legends and Lattes, which I just thought was weird since Legends and Lattes is like further down the timeline. But we can get that into that more when we get into spoilers. I thought for me it was a little strange the balance between the higher stakes story and the lower stakes story. Like it was mostly done well, but I found myself caring a lot more about the lower stakes things that were happening and uh, maybe just because that's a little bit different than all of the other fantasy books that I've read that are, you know, save the world. And so when this one really leans into the, like, let's just have a good time and make life good. I kind of wanted to hear more about that than, than save the world or, you know, the, the big stakes plot. So I, I mean, there was a good balance, but I just found myself caring more about the smaller stakes thing, which I don't know if that's a bad thing or not, but that was just kind of my reading experience. I, I agree. It is kind of a strange balance because like, it's kind of like you can't, I, I get the theme of like, here's somebody that's just like living a regular life, but still managing to be a hero with larger stake things. It's almost like you almost want to just really lean into just, let's just be a hero just on a small scale, just for the people like around. And like, I feel like Legends and Lattes kind of did a better job with that without like spoiling anything yeah um, there was still a little bit of a larger plot mm -hmm. this is going to be a kind of an interesting comparison i feel like it's almost like a hallmark problem or like maybe like a hallmark christmas movie problem where it's like how much mm -hmm. do we lean into the romance versus how much do we lean into just like the cozy charm of having a christmas movie you know what i mean like i feel like that's kind of a similar balance of we all know what you're coming here for and it's not the it's not the world saving plot that might be participated in, mm. and I think it did an okay job balancing that. I for I for sure maybe because I read this one first appreciated the fact that there's some kind of larger narrative thing uh, or like maybe more existential threat that's happening in the background that mm -hmm. that kind of gives it a kind of a sense of you know purpose or moving the book along or whatever. So you kind of appreciated that maybe because it eased you into the whole low stakes <laughs> genre a little bit more. Yeah, it's hard to say. Maybe so. I'm I'm about halfway through Legends and Lattes, and so maybe to kind of compare and contrast, I think with Legends and Lattes, I'm okay just kind of sitting there because it's clear that this is where she wants to like end up uh, is like as the man or as the operator of this coffee shop, but. The framing around bone dust is she doesn't want to end up there, you know, like she wants to eventually move on, but she's kind of having mm -hmm. this, this small town pull. And so I think that um, having like a, like larger conflict or whatever gives her a sense of, Oh, I need to move on so I can experience more things and like interact with the world in this mm -hmm. type of way. Does that make sense? Like, so there needed to be some type of so bigger based thing. off of where the character was at the, yeah plot decisions kind of make sense to support the character growth over both books. Right. Because well, the thing is, it's like she was talking to, Oh, was it? No, it was uh, Maylees was the, she was the 
person that used to be a adventurer too, right? Or was that Fern? Well, Maylee was the was the chef dwarf. She, she's the chef. She she yeah, she did have some adventuring in her background, yeah. Right, but like she ended up just stopping because oh, what's another bounty? You know, just like like the moment that she's found a bounty and felt like she didn't even care about catching the guys kind of the moment she knew she was out, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, yeah. But versus uh Viv, she wasn't there yet. But the reason why she wasn't there yet, I think, is because she has this like larger purpose of like, oh, here's like a existential threat that we're dealing with. So that means I want to go do more things like that. You know what I mean? If it was just a bounty that was like making her feel like she's going to miss out on some on some life that she's yet to live. I, I find that like a little bit more unbe- unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously we're kind of transitioning into spoilers um, just to kind of like wrap up anything else. I think we we're saying we all enjoyed the book. Maybe it's uh, tough to compare the two. We'll get into that later in the episode. For me, I, I mean, I enjoyed the character of Viv. I, I enjoyed the story. I also really enjoyed the prose. I think it was really well written and that kind of like added to the feel of everything that was was happening. So uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it. Both books. One more thing to point out is it is written by Travis Baldry and narrated. And it is still like really kind of hard for me to break away from Cradle because it's I, mm-hmm. I brought this up in my Legends and Lattes review. But it's written in a similar enough style to Cradle, which I don't like blame him for because he he narrated like 12 of those books or whatever. Yeah. But like the prose is similar enough that like sometimes I just like think like I'm back in the Cradle world, you know? Wait, so mm-hmm. did did he, I, I haven't read Cradle. Cradle is written by, by Will Wright though, right? Yeah, but Travis Baldry narrated it. And so th- he narrated and uh, wrote this. So, so it would be like, it would be, it would like, be like Michael Kramer Stephen and Kate Pacey. Redding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like if Michael Kramer and Kate Redding wrote like similar. Epic fantasy book. <laughs> but, but like not quite epic because like definitely this is different than Cradle, but like it's pretty similar in some ways. Uh-huh. And like, and so you just, you just kind of catch yourself. It's kind of, I mean, similar to like the fact that like sometimes if you're reading like Lord or uh, Wheel of Time and then like Co- the Cosmere, they're like pretty similar style prose in some ways and like pretty similar yeah. stories in some like ways. Level of detail, yeah. And, and then like, so you could just kind of forget that like, oh, dang, am I back in? Yeah. I see. You could, yeah. Especially yeah. by the end of Wheel of Time. Especially by the end of Wheel of Time. But even throughout, you know what I mean? Like you could you could just yeah, kind of forget yeah. that. Like, They're... am I listening to Mistborn right now or am I listening to, you know, yes. I don't know. So that's, yeah. that's actually very interesting because I, in my mind, I'm like, this guy's a ridiculously good narrator. Like he has no right if he's just a, like an author to be like this good of narrator, you know? And then uh-huh. I thought about Black Tongue Thief and I was like, that guy was ridiculously good too, but he was also like yeah. a, like an actor too. And so, anyway, true, uh, what is, this is a, a double threat forming here, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is good. And I think he was like, wasn't he like an engineer or something? He had like some job not related to writing I at all. I am not sure. Or was this, was this, I think this, maybe this is well why I'm confusing him with. Not sure. I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't done my background uh, research into Travis Baldry, although he did appear on a funny YouTube sketch called Between Two Ferns, which if you mm-hmm. hadn't seen that, uh, check those out. Well, if we had Jake here, he would probably be criticizing his pronunciation of the names of uh, <laughs> yeah, Jake. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I, I think the other thing that I, I will say is like from a non-spoiler section, it was just pretty funny. Like I wasn't expecting the level of funniness that went into mm-hmm. it of like, oh, you know, whether it be a kind of like 
the romance books that that they're that Viv yeah. is reading or yeah. just whatever like the these little humor definitely a lot of kind of modern influences inserted into the story made it funny and interesting yeah exactly also uh i was kind of right he was a he was a video game designer ah okay and and then he got into he wanted to be a narrator and so he's got into narrating just kind of huge career change yeah what an inspiration what an inspiration have, man to have the what a what a life the, the I think courage, all of us would choose that life. Switch careers we... like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially when you're like a, you know, a video game designer. I feel like a lot of people would enjoy doing that. I know that that job has its, you know, job. Well, yeah, he, he started doing video games in 19, 1998. So I think he'd probably did for like mm-hmm. 15 years or whatever. And then, well, anyway, cool, cool times. But all right. There you go. So, yeah, we let's just like get fully into the story. So to just stick on this like comparison between Legends and Lattes. Back to what I said before, I still stand by that I felt like Legends and Lattes drew me in more because I really cared about the success of the coffee shop. And obviously, we don't want to do too many spoilers for Legends and Lattes because Ben hasn't finished it yet. But I felt like that was more of the sole focus of the book. And here with the bookshop, I was like, yeah, I want this to succeed. But at the same time, like, we're not counting money in the same way. And it just like, I was a little disconnected from the success because Viv maybe didn't care about it quite as much as she cared about the coffee shop. So maybe that was the struggle for me, which is really weird because you think like I would be much more invested in the success of a bookshop than a coffee shop, but it was actually the opposite (laughs) way around for these two books. See, this is interesting because obviously I don't know how it ends, but I'm taking the success of the coffee shop as kind of like preordained, you know, because it's just, if it's I mean, you hope so, right? Like, it's that's got like the happy vibe. So you would think right. that, yeah. And then coming off of, but you know, keep reading, keep reading. There, there will. You okay, know. okay. We'll and coming off of bookshelf and bone dust, it's kind of like, like I saw that that one ended up working out for everybody. So kind of, it was, it was a bittersweet. It was yeah. a bittersweet end. Yeah, it was. It was much more sweet than bitter. I mean, she. Well, left, I mean, with her, with her left, leaving and having to say she goodbye, left her. Like, yeah, she left her fling like that. She was, you know. Yeah, could sure. could have had a life with. I'm saying that the it was although a happy plus then if you if you finished if you finished uh, bookshops and bone dust you saw the end <laughs> credit scenes you kind of saw you know what what's oh, happened at the end true. of Legends and Lattes anyway mm. yeah keep on going yeah so I don't know I I think that it's still like you know journey before destination for me on this one it's it's like I'm enjoying the process of them figuring out like the cinnamon rolls and stuff. But going back to bookshop, I felt like I, I can see where you're getting at. Like it's kind of, she just happens to be there. And so she just happens to kind of be, Oh, you know, why don't we do this idea? And why don't we do that idea? There's no like sense of urgency in her developing this business and developing this circle of friends. It almost just kind of falls into her lap. I, so I can see that. I can see why you wouldn't be as invested. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I think you made a good point by saying, you know, it, the, the plot makes sense because that's who the character was at the time. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree by that. I think from a narrative standpoint, that decision really makes sense to structure the book that way. If it's a younger Viv who is going to go off on a adventure, like it, it would be really weird if the bookshop was super successful and that was most of the plot and like nothing else really happened. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, okay, by the way, I am still going to leave. Josh, what about you? Did you care about the bookshop or the coffee shop more? Oh, de- definitely coffee shop. The coffee shop felt like a character. The 
um, bookshop felt like a setting, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It was fine, but like it, it wasn't, you know, I, it mm-hmm. wasn't anything that I really cared about either way. See, it's so funny because when I first started reading uh, Bookshop, I assumed like for the, probably the first half of the book that this was the story of how the coffee shop Legends and Lattes became a coffee uh, shop. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so I thought, oh, they're going to transition like, from like- It was going to die. The bookshop was going to die and give birth to Legends and Lattes. Not even die. I thought that the, I thought, you know, because you just read Legends and Lattes. And so in my mind, that was like this cool- book shop slash coffee shop oh like the books yeah, were the like legends the books were the legends cool. and then oh, cool. books yeah and so i i was like oh we're gonna, so we're gonna see how this coffee shop like starts you know that for like the first probably quarter of the book i i felt like that that was the story and my limited knowledge of things hmm. and so i think it did kind of give me this like like connected me more as like the to the bookshop bookshop as like a character like josh was describing because i'm like oh we're probably gonna find out like what why the i don't know why things are this the way they are in this like really unique setting that we're gonna read about in legends i don't know totally wrong but i think it connected mm-hmm. me to the place a little bit more and again your expectations were uh, <laughs> kind of confused you going into the book <laughs> i was <laughs> yeah for sure i i got hoodwinked a few times in this yeah. in reading this all because of my weird assumptions N- nothing that's why i want to say that like this is not you know no aspersions on the book because of the of this mix up the one other thing that kind of confused me between the two books and i would not sound stupid saying this but it felt like in legends and lattes and i'm just gonna kind of this isn't like a big thing i feel like you kind of already know this especially since you've read bookshops and bone dust the romance in Legends and Lattes kind of felt like Viv was almost discovering her sexuality to some degree, but in Bookshops and Bone Dust, it like felt like it was already established. Like she was, she was almost more comfortable romantically in the prequel than she was in the sequel, which felt just kind of weird to me. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, she was like awkward in both, but. I know it just felt a little weird because like after reading Legends and Lattes, I was like, she shouldn't, I don't know. It felt like she should have been more awkward about things in the years, in you know, in the earlier years of her life based off where she was at in the book that I had already read. I think that's, yeah, I, I, think that's I can relate to that. I haven't really, I haven't gotten to the romantic part of, of Legends yet. It's just, they, they're just, I don't know, whatever there, there's been no romance really. Mm-hmm. They just had like the awkward hiring interview. But so I think that the way to explain that would be if Viv just went back to adventuring and like didn't have any other type of yeah relationships. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Because you have like a college fling and then don't date again until you're mm-hmm. 45 or yeah, 50. Like, like 20 years passes and then yeah. you're kind of a whole new person trying to kind of rediscover that part of your life. Yeah, that's fair. But I do agree. Like your point is very well taken. And the fact that like, especially because Viv in both books doesn't seem like, like she seems like she's a person that like actively tries to learn throughout her life. So it doesn't feel like she's just going to like forget these lessons. You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems like she's a very thoughtful person who like just tries to progress and people like that don't like backslide to that extent. Yeah. Right. She's very, I don't know what the, what, what is the word? She, 
I think you said it well. She is very open-minded and she's trying to actively like better who she is as a person. And it does seem weird that time passes and she is like not as assured of herself as she was previously, especially when like it seems like she's been fairly successful in her pursuits. Like, yes, maybe there was not any romantic opportunities over the years but at the same time like i feel like she was very self-assured in who she was after you know all the years of successfully adventuring yeah i don't know maybe i'm just like reading between the lines too much but felt a little strange yeah that's a good that's a good critique i think and again but i think a a critique that only exists if you're comparing the books you know what i mean like i don't think i would have picked up on the critique from either one specifically and that might be like part of the like part of the difficulty i guess of writing prequel because you want Mm -hmm. it's just interesting as an author trying to figure out what audiences expect because at one level you do want to have your character progress but on another level you have to like set them back far enough to enable them to progress to a point that they would be before you know what i mean i i didn't really do a great job of explaining that yeah it's like i mean you think about the star wars prequel trilogy and they kind of struggle with that a lot in some ways like I, I guess with Anakin and I don't know, we don't have to go down that whole road, but like you, you, you know, then you just get Anakin appearing as like super, super whiny or, or whatever, you know, Star Wars, the original cozy fantasy. <laughs> could, could have been <laughs> Luke just stays there and, and harvest the water or whatever. Like <laughs> Anakin just stays there and just keeps working on the, working on the, um, the moist, the moisture farm, the moisture farm. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, so comparisons to Star Wars and to Hallmark movies. So clearly, yeah. we're on to some astute <laughs> points here. <laughs> uh, what were impressions of like other characters or events or like what what was what were highlights? The villain was fine. I mean, we we talked about that a little bit. I like the Hermunculus a lot. I all you know, it's fun to have like dwarves and and you know, like having all these mm-hmm. kind of fantasy races being in there and like when you go a little bit deeper and you come out with something like the Hermon, it's a lot of fun the necromancer i feel like it was fine when it came to necromancers like you know it's it's hard it's a hard balance because it's a very heavy subject for like a very light book yeah it's kind of seemed like well. very much you know a, a mustache twirling villain who came on the scene and who 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 i will destroy you all but not i do think it would have been cool had she like gotten some boon or something from her or like I, that's what kind of what I was like expecting. The ending is like she gave her back her boon or her book in exchange for some. Well, she did get the sword. The sword was yeah. one of the the few connections it's between true. the two books. It's true. Yeah, but like something that would make it easier for her to. I don't know. You're right. The sword was the connection, but like. So that's that's actually one of the critiques I was going to bring up with. I think the reading order that manifests itself because of the reading order. What was it? Bone hunter. Or what's the what's the name of the sword? Black black blood. Black blood. Yeah, black blood. So I feel like in in bookshop, when she found black blood, there was like this, it was almost like a King Arthur, like Arthur moment of her like pulling out the sword and it like fitting in her hand. And I don't feel like it was I'm like, okay, what's the point? Like why did why is this sword special? What you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's kind of weird. But if you knew that she like, you know, if you had read Legends and Lattes first and you like I mean, nothing's even happened in that book for me yet with that sword, but like she had it, you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. had it. And so I feel like for me, that whole like sequence just kind of rang a little bit hollow 
because it wasn't earned at all, right? Like I didn't know that she ended up spending the next 20 years with the sword or whatever mm. after that. Minor critique. I mean, you're always going to miss Easter eggs if you haven't seen yeah. the other things, right? Yeah, but I feel like it was a little bit more than an Easter egg because it ends up being like kind of an import- important plot development because like mm. that's how like she's tracked or whatever. Like that's how the necromancer lady knows where to find them and stuff because she removes something from the book and doesn't put it back. Yeah. And so it, it was like, I'm like, why, why is this sword? Like, just put it back. You know what I mean? Like it's a sword. <laughs> so I don't know. That was kind of my one. Critique. I can't remember if the plot allowed for it to be put back and like undone, or if it was like, once you take something, you know, it, it was probably that too, but I, she has I think seen that you her, like putting on the ring. Right? I think that her monkey guy was kind of like urging her to put it back and she didn't want to. And, and also like, if you just reach in and feel a sword, you're like, is this really worth taking a, yeah. a sword? You know, like I mean, at least it kind of, at least it kind of drew us back to one of the larger character motivations, which was you know she wants to be adventuring, and so she's got this cool sword, and it was almost it was like to make the same ring analogy, like it was kind of tempting her, like hey, you got the cool sword, you should really commit to getting back on that adventure, and that was kind of her back and forth the whole book was, I want to go on this adventure, but I like these people, but at the same time, like is this my whole life? Yeah. I I get that, and your point is very well taken, especially considering you have an awesome sword right behind you right now, Stephen. Oh yeah, probably not as big as Black Blood though. Like that's like a big, hopefully not great sword thing. Yeah, got like a like long cloth vibes, like a big hand and a half bastard sword type thing. You know? Yeah. Sorry, that was a tangent. I mean, other things other than the other than the sword. I for me, I think my favorite moment was when the author Zillia great strider came for the big reopening and signing i mean like i said i enjoyed the bookshop parts more and that part was really cool and stuff like that like when i said before that they kind of like interjected some modern things like the bookshop felt very modern in the way that they brought in you know the author signing and they innovated with the uh the mystery book packages yeah, which sounds the packages. fun it yeah, does I sound like fun I, I feel like i would be into something like 100%. We would totally be into something like that. If you walked in, took a little survey, got to know the shopkeeper, and then they're like, oh, let me put together a little, or let me give you a pre, pre-put together yeah. package. That would be awesome. That would be yeah. cool. Phantology can offer a service like that too. <laughs> Wait, I mean, we can recommend, but I don't know if we can provide the books unless yeah, just, unless I'm forced use, to give away my books. <laughs> no, use our Amazon link. Just, oh, just yeah. Say, yeah, just yeah, we'll, follow through. We'll recommend a new buy. That's something we should put on our site. For those of you that don't know, we have a barely functioning site, but we no, it's not. But we could do like a little chat. The GPT. site functions well, Josh, for what this, it is. The site does function well. I, I didn't mean barely functioning. A site. barely visited site. A barely <laughs> visited site. We should look at the analytics. There's probably four visits. <laughs> it's probably mostly from me going back and referring to our previous episode art, so I can keep the like thumbnails consistent. Like when, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But we could do like a little chat GPT thing where somebody like puts in like the like the prompt and then like chat GPT like gives them a recommendation and then gives them links. To, no, uh, I, that that takes away the whole no. vibe of the recommendation. No, but it's we we have to be the ones giving them the recommendation. It, it has to be like a it can it can be a an AI trained on all of our Phantology episodes. I guess we're really thinking about how to scale this thing. Yeah. Before we even get off the ground here. Yeah, once <laughs> once we start getting a ton of recommendations and really get the cash flowing through on the recommendation uh, plan, then we will 
slowly move it off to AI. Train, spend hundred thousands of dollars probably at that point training two hundred on two hundred hours of pentology episode content. Yeah, this is a really this is this a is still business. part of the review of the book because this is how businesses are formed and created and nurtured. Yeah. So exactly we thought that we just it's really it's really meta. This is very meta. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I I like the Zillia Great Strider signing party. That was awesome. I thought that there's like a lot of like undercurrents with her and her friend, warder, protector. Yeah, warder guy. is probably a good word. Warder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there's like a lot of unspoken stuff with that, uh, like those interactions. You know what I mean? And I didn't. Well, wasn't sure I, I mean, like, I, no, I think you, I think you got it. Like they were obviously a, a thing and it was a, it was a big thing for, for Viv's character as well when he kind of gave her the advice of like, look, the moments are never really exactly right, but you just kind of have to make the most of what you have now and, you know, and, and enjoy it. And I, I guess that yeah. was helpful for her character at the same time. I don't know, maybe it just kind of like helped her rectify the fact that she was there for the time. And she was, she was like still making good on the people that were around her. She wasn't just like up and leaving them and destroying their lives. It's just kind of how life works at the time. Or, you know, it's how that's how life works sometimes. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely some there was there was some, you know, thing going on between Zelia and the warder guy. Yeah, which is always that's always a fun, fun thing to think, you know, to not think about. But like those relationships are always interesting to see how they would progress and think about them progressing, you know, the yeah. land marine relationship. Other things uh, for you guys, I mean. I thought the, the the magic necromancy book was also cool. We kind of already touched on that. You know, th there were a lot of fairly tropey things that were brought in, but done in like fun enough ways where it felt somewhat original still. Yeah. The Hermunculus, I think was my favorite part of maybe not of the book, but like, I think that was my favorite, like kind of device. Satchel was on screen. Satchel. Yeah. yeah. He was funny. Like this, he was kind of like the, robot almost yeah you know like he doesn't really understand all of human or i guess not human all of uh uh what would you call it uh, intelligence yeah yeah other other life form interactions but at the same time like his observations were were funny yeah it was fun yeah i thought there's just enough of that kind of stuff sprinkled in there that it it kept the setting feeling unique kind of the whole book and i it, it is like knowing that he was a video game designer. It kind of did feel like that, you know, where it was like, oh, what's the new like fresh, you know, thing that we're going to be introduced here to like keep us interested in the mm. in the world that we're living in. Well, and the cradle influence. I mean, this is not progressionist fantasy, but there were like definite vibes of we are leveling up the bookshop and we are leveling up the coffee shop. So they're, they're the and I that's what I really liked about Legends and Lattes. Like every time the coffee shop got some new thing added to it, it was I was really pumped to see how it was going to work out. And I there were not quite enough of those things in uh, Bookshops and Bone Dust. Maybe that's, you know, go again, going back to my thing of like, why didn't I not like it quite as much? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, at, at some level, there's not as much to a bookshop as there is a coffee shop, you know? I mean, I think that they did, you know, pretty well with what they... Yeah, like you got to clean it up, make it look nice, and then get new books, and then... What else can you do? They innovated a little bit with the way they were selling. Yeah. They brought the author in. They sold the food at the same time. 
actually did they did they sell the food or did they just like have it as an extra incentive anyway th- there were a few things that they did sure so yeah maybe he just like ran out of ideas for ways that the bookshop could level up uh any other things to mention i guess another connection to like modern day was like the the moist books which were funny and relevant for current uh book yeah they're trends. just like waiting for a murphy comment on on her youtube channel yeah is that something she's she's really into i haven't followed well, hers Murphy's is mostly channel un- enough undulating no, her, her, yeah, yeah undulating is her thing mm-hmm. she hates the word undulating which sanderson put that in one of his books just for her in interest <laughs> i think he put it in for her yeah oh really I did yeah i know that yeah. yeah i don't follow her channel enough she has a new channel for her book for her books but yeah but i mean i just thought that the the insertion of this as a joke and a big plot not a plot device but you know a, a, a reoccurring joke was kind of relevant with the it's funny whole, yeah. with the romanticy emergence like the timing is right for this it was funny yeah i agree yeah yeah i agree definitely it was like just enough of a like breaking the fourth wall uh, yeah. and like something that has probably always been you know done but anyway yeah yeah appreciate it uh yeah what else i think that's that's pretty much it right yeah i mean we can just talk about the ending like i felt like this was a good tie-in the ending really added a lot for me i should say as someone who read legends and lattes i really enjoyed getting the zoom ahead and seeing the connections and also a potential sequel to both books that would be both worlds kind of come together i feel like that's on the table with what we saw yeah, I I want to go back and reread it after I finish Legends. Right. Because to me, it was just kind of like, okay, so, you know, it, it didn't really hit like it probably should have. Yeah, you definitely would not have picked up on who the other character was there or some of the like coffee shop references that were happening. But yeah, yeah you should you should reread it for sure. And I don't know if it as much signaled another book or if it was just kind of there to really tie both books character arcs together and i think that was done well so even if there's not another book i would be satisfied at least with this i don't know if i i don't know if i'd be fully satisfied with it i think that i think you need another book book. i need another book bookshops and there's for sure gonna be another book why (laughs) why wouldn't there be i mean i feel like these are very successful it doesn't Mm. seem like was he able to write this one in like a year did he have it like rewritten or anything i mean you wrote it pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like yeah, you know, like if you're a good if you're a good enough author to do that, then you might as well just okay. pop another one, you know. So Ben always recommends milking a intellectual property. <laughs> Milk it. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Yes. If you can do it, you gotta do it. <laughs> I, I don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's played out enough yet. You know what I mean? Okay. So. Yeah, and these books are really popular and like pretty much universally uh approved of and and rated well so yeah Yeah. makes sense just do a pre-prequel go back in time until she's born i don't think there's room for that i i think we need a sequel to both like a yeah a a tie-up of the whole thing it definitely seems like that's where Mm -hmm. like after the end credit scene that's where it's which if that was to happen it'd be interesting to see like five years from now what the recommended reading order would be publication order or just like chronological order I'm sure yeah. there there will be debates on Reddit about this. No, there's not. This isn't deep enough for the Reddit crowd. There needs to be at least like 15 of these books before that starts to happen. <laughs> not highbrow enough for Reddit. Not highbrow. Not 
I mean, you gotta at least be Discworld level. It, it needs yeah. to be either highbrow or lowbrow, but not not the mm. nobrow. Just <laughs> making stuff up. I'm tired. <laughs> All right, this is fun, guys. Good review. Talk to you later. Um, oh, right. I should say, if you want to see more Phantology, yeah, we're we're a little tired, a little, little out of sync here. But if you want to see more Phantology, you can find our website that Josh our website pitch pitching yeah. the website. That is yeah, we're really hitting the website hard on this one. That is in the episode descriptions below, and you can find you know all of our social media stuff. Comment wherever we'll try to get back to you. And if you want to chat with us, that's kind of the funnest thing. You can join our Discord. We've been really uh, kind of reviving the book club thing, and almost every other month we're we're doing a, a pretty dedicated book club with people that are on Discord. So kind and of I think last year we did a book club for Legends and Montes, right? That was one of the books that you guys read. Was that? Was that book club book? I don't remember. Did we do it? I think I it was. Because I really was. wanted to do it. I just I was crazy busy at the time. I Sounds, still know, Let's claim it. Let's at this point <laughs> we need to claim it. Yeah. So awesome books like Legends and Lattes could be discussed in real time on our Discord server. Yes. Do not miss that opportunity. All right, guys. We'll see you later. All right. See you soon. All right. See you, bud.